Live from the Parent Nation studios, it's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. Yeah, well, I got a news flash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Sheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Hey, everybody. Gobble, gobble. It's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I am. I'm so going with the thanks today, Kelly. You gotta. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's Thanksgiving Eve Eve, right? It is. It is. Yay. And it's to me, quite honestly, this is like one of the craziest days of the year because I, I don't know, like there's something about other holidays that seem to me to be more relaxed than Thanksgiving. Like Thanksgiving is like crazy rush. I guess because I host mm, dinner yes. for like 30 people. Ugh. Plus this is also my crazy toy season. So I'm in my warehouse like all day, every day, throwing boxes and not getting to go to the store or anything. And now where I live, we're supposed to get like eight inches of snow tomorrow. Oh my goodness. Tell <laughs> me about it, sister. <gasps> yeah. I'm trying to keep the smile going. <laughs> Not I hear you in your it. voice. Oh, for crying out loud. And you know, you cannot buy celery or eggs or cranberries if you don't get them like several days in advance. Is that right? It's true. It, my dad worked in produce for many years and he was like, you know, celery. That's what sells the most. Celery and onion, I guess because of stuffing. Right, right. And and veggie trays, you know. Oh, yeah, veggie trays. (laughs) So you're telling me you have not done your shopping yet and you're hosting 30 people in two days. Yes, ma'am. Do you have your turkey? No. (gasps) You you still have to thaw for a couple days. Uh, I don't buy a frozen turkey, girl. I live in Pennsylvania. That little man's still walking around somewhere. Oh, okay. Thinking life is all good. (laughs) Oh, that was viciously mean. I'm sorry. That was mean. I shouldn't have said that. But he probably had a good life, you know? Oh, sure. Up until this point. Because, I mean, a 30-pound turkey, he's got to have lived a long time. Mm -hmm. Let's go with that. I'm going to say I get big turkeys because they're older. (laughs) Do (laughs) Do you name your turkeys? No. No? No. My mom, my mom has always named ours Tom. Well, that's the, that's so typical. That's not I know. like Gunther, I know. <laughs> you know, you, should, you got even a really cool name. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. Sean, Sean, the turkey. <laughs> the turkey. This that's year good. we're eating Sean. Um, yeah, I know. If your name is Sean and you're listening to the show, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. It was funny. I'm going to own it. Uh, so yeah, no, I like the adventure. I like the thrill. It feeds into my unpreparedness that my family has become so fond of. Mm. Um, 
end, you know, I never know what sides I'm going to make until I get to the store and find out what's left over. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, they got a lot of turnips. Guess what? (laughs) (laughs) Turnips? Turnips. Okay, what do you do with the turnip? Turn up for what? Yeah. Um, Turn up the music. (laughs) You boil them and then you roast them. Because they're a root vegetable. So you would make them the same as you would make any other root vegetable. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like beets or carrots or whatever. You you put them in that. It gives like a certain crunchy blandness to everything. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, it's really good roasted radishes. Oh, never had them before. I like them raw. Yeah. Well, they're very peppery and they stay sort of crunchy. They're actually very good roasted. Roasted Ooh. radishes, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm having because that's what's left at the farmer's market by the time I get there. <laughs> so we'll see. It's going to be good. We're having, oh. yeah, we're, we're having a lot of people, a lot of, you know, a lot of family, and, and I love that. And then somebody says something that starts the whole downward spiral. Like oh. you kind of look around and go, well, that went downhill quickly. <laughs> oh, that one moment. That one moment after a few too many glasses of wine. When somebody yeah. just says something, he goes, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> really? You had to bring that into my house? So that's why I'm so excited to talk to our guests today because, oh, well, they're, they're good. Sandy Fowler is another, um, she's another TogiNet radio host yeah. who does, she, she talks about heart-filled holidays. So she's going to help us. She's right. going to help us survive the the faux pas that right. is the family holiday dinner table. And then um, we also have Beth Below, who is going to um, talk to us about how introverts deal with holidays, which is really, really awesome to me, Kelly, because my youngest son, we, yes, he's on the autism spectrum, but before we knew that we just assumed he was extraordinarily introverted Uh and he was the kid that would sit out in the car for 20 minutes. Like we couldn't even get him in the house and like everybody's in the house going, well, bring him in, make him come in. And I'm like, no. And the way you're acting is exactly why I'm not going to do that. (laughs) So, uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to talk to Beth and see if she can help us out with, with some of those kiddos who get like, a twitchy rash before the holidays because they know they're going to have to deal with people and like Aunt Sally and her huge mustache trying to kiss you with her <laughs> coffee breath and right after she had a cigarette and all that. Ew. So, right, come on. You know it's true. Uh, I do. I do. That's why I said ew. Right? And give Aunt Sally a kiss. You're making her feel bad. Well, <laughs> I'm going to vomit. So let's toss a coin, okay? Right, right. We're you don't, out loud. Do you, you don't make your kids hug and kiss people, do you? I don't. Here's the thing. Uh, my I married into a family that is not physically demonstrative. Uh-huh. My family will hug anyone. Like walking down the street, if they feel bad for you, they'll just hug you. Like that's the kind of family I come from. And it was so funny when Chris and I started dating. We, we would go to my family for the holidays, and the guys would want to like hug him, and he'd be like, what in the hell are you trying to like <laughs> get off of me? It right. was so weird, but he did it because he's so nice. So Although we don't say do this, we've always displayed what we expect of them. So dad 
puts out a hand, mom goes in mm-hmm. for the hug. Whatever right. you feel comfortable doing is, you know, we've, we've shown them how to handle those situations. So they're more eloquent handling those situations. My Alex will be like, no, you know, I'm not hugging you. We're, we're still working on him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that whole for. And when people force their kids to do things like that with me, like right. you know, give Tara a kiss. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I'm not that person. But it's all cool, right? Especially the little little ones with snotty noses. And- oh, that's gross. What makes it you is. think I want to kiss it your is. snotty baby? Ew. Stop that. You know, give me a spitty high five or something, and at least I can use some hand sanitizer. But why you got to wipe your snotty face all over my jacket? Oh, gosh, that is the worst, right? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead, Kelly. No, I was just going to say, yes, ma'am. Oh. I agree. (laughs) Okay, so so we got a few minutes. Let's talk about some stuff that's going on in the news, all right? You're watching the news. I'm not gonna break. Uh, I'm not gonna take us down because everybody knows what's going on. I'm gonna you. talk about the crazy shit that's going on in the news. Okay. Like, <laughs> have you seen my hometown is in the news no. all over the news? She Reading, Pennsylvania. No, oh. Reading, Pennsylvania. We're we all claim to be from Reading because it's the only thing that people recognize, and we try to like hide the names of our town so people don't really know where we live. But <laughs> we all claim to be from Reading because it is pretty consistently in the news and that's what makes us it's not as big as philly but we try to be (laughs) so if i say charlie brown christmas tree you'll probably know what i'm talking about that's me that's where i live the ugliest christmas tree in america in our town square and and do you know that people are so pissed off about this tree kelly that they've raised thousands of dollars for what in one of the poorest cities for what in one of the cities with the highest unemployment rate and the most kids on free lunches, for what, what? do they raise this money? To take down and replace a Christmas tree. <laughs> really? Wow. Holy baloney. Baloney, ladies and gentlemen. I say put a giant red Christmas ball on that shit and call it a Christmas Charlie Brown Christmas tree and love it. <laughs> I say get everybody in the city to stand around that thing and go like they did in Charlie Brown Christmas. Right. That would be funny and that would be worth it. You know what I suggested? Have everybody in the city make an ornament that tells them something that they love about the city. <laughs> you know what one woman said to that? Oh, that would look ugly. They'd get all paper waterlogged and they'd blow all over the place. Oh, shut it. <laughs> let's be a little more negative about the right right let's not come up with a solution let's just keep pointing out the problems that's (laughs) so good at that aren't we Mm -hmm. so so here's the thing the tree was ugly to begin with but but it is pretty typical of some of the crisp pine trees in this area it really is right with the spread out branches that kind of like sag a little bit you know so what do they do they take a whole armful of lights and throw them at the tree. (laughs) (laughs) Like we're not going to like try to tie this thing up and put pretty lights on it and try to, you know, like a fixer upper. No, no, no. Let's make it look as bad as we possibly can. But it's kind of cool because now we're all over the news. That's Uh, awesome. 
Yeah, I'll take that media coverage about my city any day compared to what's going on right now. Mm. Right? Right. Well, you, you want to know what we do here in, in, in my city? What's that? So where they light the tree in downtown. Okay. The tree is actually made from tumbleweeds. Because, you know, we get a lot of tumbleweeds here in the desert rolling around, just like in the movies where they just see these tumbleweeds rolling down the street. Um, but it's tall and it's encased in like an, in like an upside down tomato holder. Like if you're going to cook or <laughs> grow tomatoes. Okay. You know, like a oh, I know what fencing you mean. kind of. And then it's filled with, with tumbleweeds and it's probably 30 feet tall. And then so they you light basically it. have you. You basically have like a chicken wire and tumbleweed. Yes, chicken wire. That's it. Tree. Right. That sounds beautiful. Right. But it ends up looking really pretty. I'll take a picture <laughs> of it and post it once they. Usually, in the middle of December, they have a big lighting ceremony. <gasps> Kelly, I just came up with a with a brilliant idea. Pictures? Hey, United States of America, listen. I, I want to tell you a secret. I have an idea. Okay, entirety of the United States of America. Here's what we're gonna do. You know how they had the ugly sweater thing? Yeah. We're all going to do an ugliest town Christmas tree theme. Ooh, I love it. I love yeah. it too. Woohoo! Everybody, I don't care where you are. Santa Monica, ugly it up, baby. <laughs> right? Let's LA could put like pictures of Kim Kardashian's butt all over their tree. Oh. oh. Burns. <laughs> All right, she went there. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> I think it could be fun. Whatever is the most like whatever is the the most awkward thing about where you live, decorate your tree with it. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> That's All right. Come on, America, challenge accepted. Come on the Facebook page, you know, Parent Nation Radio Facebook page. Go on there and and take a picture of your ugly tree. Put one up and take a picture of it. We're going to have a contest. I you know what it. I'm going to do? What? I'm going to give away all the parenting books that I've gotten for the last two months. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's I so crazy. It. Weird. We have got something going now. I like it. It's awesome. So, all right. What? Oh, did you see this other thing? It's so cute. Did you see what's going on now? Is um, the... You know, in London, they have Paddington Station, the train station. Right. So this, um, the first Great Western train station runs out of there. They run out of Paddington Station. So for the holidays, what they did, I guess they find a lot of teddy bears on their train. So they started this entire website. And uh, it's all about reuniting kids with their lost teddy bears. So they took mug shots of all the lost teddy bears with their descriptions. <laughs> and they're encouraging kids to go on the website, parents and kids to go on the website and see if they can find their lost teddy bear. Because their Aww. goal is to reunite all of the kids with their teddy bears for Christmas. Oh, that's awesome. Now, isn't there like a Paddington Bear sh yeah. TV show? Or is that where it came from? Huge Paddington Bear with the little yellow raincoat and the galoshes. Right, but is this where, I mean, you've got all, well, the, you've got teddy bears, you've got Paddington Railroad. What's, I think a, the whole thing kind of ties in. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now the, the teddy bears that are on the website are not all Paddington Bears because that would just be confusing as heck. Well, sure. They're, right? No, it's, it's like all kinds of different, it's actually all kinds of stuffed animals that were left on these trains over the years but it's so funny 
I, I encourage you to go and check it out. If you've ever been to London and on the Paddington Railroad, obviously, then it would okay. apply to you. But it's just funny. I, I think the things that people do for right. for attention are funny. Can you imagine what the website would look like for if they posted everybody who left their phone on the train? That would be hysterical. <laughs> Claim your phone. Nah, that'd be awesome. Or if you did something like in New York, like claim your American doll. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, I wouldn't claim it. I just, (laughs) it's gone. We finally got rid of it. Stop it. I don't, I don't want it back. Uh, Do your kids ask for stuff like that? You know, mine did at the tail end of when her friends were. And I just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. But See, if she was into it in the beginning, I, I'm sure I would have bought it for her. But she had two friends that were into it, and she wasn't. And then, you know, a year and a half later, I'm like, eh, I don't know, honey. <laughs> you uh, know, so I don't know. I'm kind of glad she wasn't into that. But she does ask for the latest fad, usually. Mm. The, the skateboard. I don't know, they're called Penny, I guess. Oh. And... um I don't know. She she likes to have everything new. I think that I think I would like to be a fad. Like (laughs) (laughs) are a fad girl. (laughs) I think we should come up with like some kind of parent nation fad tchotchke stuff. I think that'd be awesome. (laughs) I love it. I love it too. I eventually I want to take the whole moms and bars thing because mm-hmm. you know that's part of Parent Nation too. Right. I want to I want to take that whole moms and bars thing and I want to start making like tattoo art. <laughs> I think that would be the ultimate goal of <laughs> of being branded well is that people are getting tattoos of your logo on their body like Harley <laughs> Davidson. Like right. that would be pretty freaking awesome. Right. I don't know that I'd want my face though. Maybe just the martini glass. Now, would you I, get it on your your body? I, you know, if I was going to get a tattoo, it would be like either a little man pushing a lawnmower right around my special place or <laughs> <laughs> or my mom's and bars logo. Yes, I would definitely do that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who's listening to the show who knows me is rolling on the floor laughing I right know. now. Because you know how long I've been talking about doing that. But I'm just too chicken. Just too chicken. Uh, uh, so uh, that's it for our fun part of the show today, Kelly. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> our guests are awesome. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to be talking to Sandy Fowler, who has the show The Heart-Filled Holidays, and she is going to be talking to us about creating happiness all year round, but especially how to avoid those crazy moments with family at the holiday dinner table when we come back from this break. It takes a village to pay the bills in this freaking studio, which is why Tara's taking a cocktail break and we're taking care of business with a word from these sponsors. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? 
Plus, she'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation, welcome back to the show. We are um, we have some great guests on today to talk about Thanksgiving and the holidays and how to be thankful and appreciative and, and not rip all your hair out. And uh, so <laughs> our first guest is Sandy Fowler, and she has a radio show also called the Heart-Filled Holidays Radio Show. And uh, she talks about all things positive and, and getting your groove back, you know, not just for the holidays, but at all the time. So I'm really excited to have her on the show. Sandy, hello. Hey, Tara. It's so great to be here with you today. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. It, you know, it just makes sense, right? It is that time of year. Oh. <laughs> we all need a little extra help. Yeah, truly. I, I, you, I don't know if you were listening to the first part of the show, but like, I'm one of those people who waits until the last possible second to do everything, and then I'm up till 4 o'clock in the morning the night before the event trying to get it done, and then I'm crabby and, you know, two glasses of wine, and I pass out. So... Is, does that work for you? Do you like it that way? Oh, no, no. I hate it. But but I'm so ingrained in it, mm-hmm. you know, that I, I haven't found a way to come out of it yet. But my husband is the best. I mean, he is like the hardest working guy. He makes improvements to our house that I look at them and go, I can't even believe that you did that. It's so awesome. But the problem is like sometimes he begins these projects like three days before a major holiday. <laughs> that we're hosting Mm. so like right now my entire upstairs hallway is spackled and has blue tape around every edge of the hallway (laughs) because we're going to paint the hallway before thursday when everybody shows up i'm like yeah that's interesting timing right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know i know that we want to do things to prepare for the holidays so that everything looks nice but really i mean how much of that stuff is a needs to be done kind of thing how many people are even going to notice you know yeah 
one of the things that I have discovered, though, is something to ask yourself about this is, is the holiday a good impetus for him to get it done? Is that like something, you know, that motivates him that creates this deadline for him? And with if you don't let him do it now, would it ever happen? Yeah, that's a good point. And if point. the answer is, I don't know if it would happen and I want it to happen, then it might be worthwhile to just let him do it and start mm. thinking about it as, oh, yay, a holiday is coming up. I wonder what kind of project we can get done. And, and maybe even steer him toward things that you want done but maybe aren't in the heart of things. Like you just said, it's the upstairs hallway. How many people actually go upstairs during right. the event that you're hosting? So who cares if the hallway's taped up? Hmm. It is kind of pretty. It actually adds an accent color. <laughs> <laughs> It's the blue, you know, it's nice. It's nice. I guess the big things that you wouldn't want to do would be like the one year that we replaced the kitchen floor. Yeah, that's probably not the best choice of a project pre-holiday. You have to save that one for like, uh, you know, Arbor Day or something. <laughs> yeah, right. When you're all going to be outside and cooking on the grill. That would be a better holiday to do a kitchen floor, I'm thinking. That, but... would, be, that would definitely be better. <laughs> <laughs> He's so awesome, though. It's Oh, gosh. I, I hear people complaining about their husbands not completing things that they start. And I'm like, my husband just starts too much, but he completes it all at 3 o'clock in the morning. So, <laughs> uh, got to love him. So, you're, <laughs> you talk a lot about... I, I don't know if you're able to speak to this or not. There is a lot of really politically charged stuff going on in the world today that I know is going to come up with 30 people in my house. Somebody's going to bring up something ridiculous, like I said to Kelly in the first segment, and everybody's going to go, oh, nah. Did you have to bring down the whole How How do we handle situations like that, Sandy? Yeah, those are challenging. Those are really challenging, and partly because it involves everybody, not just you. And so I have a couple questions for you. When you're talking about a situation like that, are you talking about one person likes to stir the pot and nobody else likes it? Or are you just talking about, yeah, you know, someone brings stuff up and then people start talking politics and I don't like it? Because those are two different kind of situations. Well... My family's when when my family and my husband's family combine, they um, they have very different viewpoints about things. Mm -hmm. So one one or two people will say something that the uh, that another person has the ability to spin doctor into a political comment mm -hmm. or a racially charged comment or whatever. And then everybody starts going, well, now, wait a minute. And then it just blows up. So everybody's involved, but do they enjoy it? And I know that sounds weird, but some families will thrive on conversation or conflict in, in, in a, their own way. They actually kind of enjoy that heated discussion. Yeah, I think that's the problem. I think that certain people within the group enjoy that heated debate. And I don't want it in my space at the holidays. 
Got it. Yeah. And that's that's really challenging and it's really hard to do because, like I said, this isn't just you. If it's someone who approaches you specifically and starts things, it's pretty easy to say, you know, you can choose to let that go. You can go, hmm, interesting, and change the subject or walk away or whatever to kind of diffuse that situation or deflect that situation. When it's everybody, um, that that is definitely harder to do. A couple of ideas are, depending on what your family is like, you may be able to, at the beginning of the event, stand up. You know, if it's Thanksgiving, typically people will do some kind of saying thanks, whether that's prayerful or just, you know, general comments or going around in a circle kind of a thing. You, if you think it's appropriate, you can say, hey, I am so grateful. I am so thankful to have everybody here. And as a gift to me, what I would really, really appreciate is if we can set aside discussion of and, you know, list your your three hot topics that come up. If we can set aside you know, politics or finances or whatever it is that you know they don't like and just make that request to the group. If you think that might work. Now, in some families, I know that just won't work. I can hear people laughing going, hey, you don't know my family. I'm like, no, no, I know your family. I've been to a lot of different family functions and all different kinds of families. Another thing you can try to do, which is, uh, depending on your space, is if you can actually set up two or three tables. Because depending how large a group is, most of us don't have room to fit everybody around one table anyway. And if you can kind of put the people who like that conflict together put out place cards. Maybe you've never done place cards before. You know, hey, you know what? I was hanging out, heard this great thing on Heartfelt Holidays, wanted to play with some ideas for, you know, making place setting things. And so we're doing place settings this year and, and we're having um, name tags where everybody's going to sit and then put people where you want them and kind of segregate that so people who don't enjoy the conflict can still enjoy their dinner. You can be over at that table. And you can oh put gosh. the people who enjoy their conflict over at the kids' table. <laughs> this is the politically charged table. Yes. This is the kids' <laughs> table. This is... <laughs> And there are better ways to handle it, but I'm not a communications expert. I always bring in Lisa Geruzzi. She's been on my show, oh my gosh, since I've been on the air, I think she's been on my show 10 times because she's absolutely incredible. She even let me make a product with her because communication, this is what this is, right? It's a communication problem. Mm -hmm. And she's amazing. So um, I know she has better ways of handling it, but for me in my bumbling mom sort of a way, those are a couple things I would try out and see if they work. And they may and they may not, but... You try one and you see what works and what doesn't. And you can also start recruiting other people to your side and go, hey, you know, if you hear political conversations or that, can you kind of help change the subject, deflect it, make a joke, something, anything? I like it. I'm going to pass around a talking stick. Oh, there you go. Hey, we do that in our house sometimes. It's like the wooden spoon at the dinner table when everybody keeps talking over everybody else and nobody can get a word in edgewise. And then you could also use it to whack the person who doesn't respect the rules. Yeah, Yay! we've done that. That didn't go over well. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So you were talking about, I was, I was talking in the first segment about my tattoo thing, and then you mentioned something at the break about me getting a tattoo gift certificate oh, yeah, for Christmas. I want to know if you get a gift certificate <laughs> for a tattoo in your Christmas stocking. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So what, what kind of things can we do? I, you know, we hear all the time about kids being ungrateful and, you know, the gifts and stuff like that. Yeah. What are some things that we can do to 
kind of like include our kids in the gift giving process that we can bring back some of that gratitude. Yeah. One of my pet peeves about Christmas is the way that it gets twisted around as you're bringing up. And actually the first thing, if you want to bring gratitude, if you want to shift your child's vision of gift giving, Actually, the very first thing that I recommend doing is not having them make a wish list. And this is kind of hard because it actually makes it harder on mom. I do this and it this is something about the holidays that is still stressful for me. I am working on it, but it's worth it to me to deal with so that my kids don't sit down and go, what do I want? What do I want? What do I need? What don't I have that I just must have? I don't want to shift their focus to looking around and looking at catalogs and going to stores and going, ooh, what do I want? What do I want? I want to keep their focus on how do I give? How do I show love? How do I be part of my family? How do I support my community? That's where parents say we want their focus, but the very first thing we do is toss it back in their face, right? I mean, it, that's what I always did with my kids. What do you want for Christmas, honey? Mm-hmm. And I remember, do you, you guys remember? And, and I don't know if you guys are old enough for this, but the old Sears wish book used to come sure. to me. Oh, this yeah. huge catalog. And I remember my brother and I would get so excited and we'd go and we'd, you know, get in the living room and we'd get paper clips or a piece of paper <laughs> and we'd be going through the catalog. I mean, it would take us days. <laughs> And and not that that's, you know, morally wrong or something. It's just you don't like where their focus is, shift it. And and that's the first place to do it is don't have them come up with a wish list. Now that means that then everyone else in the family is going, well, but, 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 but what should I buy them? I don't know what to buy them. I was thinking I, what about my wish list? You don't get to make me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, screw Um, that idea, Sandy. I don't like it. Actually, I still make one because, you know, people are going, they don't know what to get me. And if I just go, I'm not making a wish list. Well, that's being mean to other people who really that's how they function and that's how they buy their gifts. But what I did start doing was changing the way I made my gift list. You know, I put on a few very specific things, but. I kept it very small. I didn't, I used to go through making a wish list going, okay, I have to have things in all different price categories and I have to have things people can buy online and things they can get in the store so I make it easy for them, right? Mm. Now I go, no, I put a few very specific things. If I saw it in a catalog, I put the catalog and the wish list together so that my husband and my kids go, oh, okay, page 42, she wants that sweater. Hey, mom, guess what? Sandy wants that sweater. But I, I try to keep it pretty small. And I just write down the things that come right off the top of my head. I don't go out looking for, well, geez, what else do I want? And I started putting things on there that I talk about giving other people. Like, I'd love to, you know, have lunch out or go see a show or something that, like, we could do together. You know, if they bought two tickets, we could go together. Those kinds of gifts of time types of things also go on my wish list. And they go on my kids' wish list. When I, I do actually jot down ideas because grandparents, aunts and uncles will ask. And so I say, you know, these are things I've seen they need or I've heard them mention that, mm-hmm. you know, they want. I like and that. And when it comes to certain things now, my, my girls do write down books that they want. We, we are a book family, so they write those down. But um, So that's the first thing is, you know, have them make a wish list. The other thing is you actually said it, Tara. You said, how do we involve them? Involve them. 
ask them, what do you think we should get for this person? What should, what could we do for that person? Do you guys want to make some gifts? Could we make some stuff for people? Oh my gosh, with Pinterest, there is no excuse for not being able to find some kind of homemade gift that you can make for somebody. Even if you'd go, well, we're going to make something little and then still buy them something. Mm-hmm. You know, do decorate a mason jar as a Santa and fill it with Hershey Kisses. That's not a difficult project, but it shifts their focus and it brings them into it. Take them out with you. Take them shopping. Talk to them about ideas. Hand it off. Who's going to buy Uncle Tony's gift? Who's going to buy Aunt Juju's gift? You know, let other people get involved in it. Don't hog all the work. That's such a great idea. We used to do something like that before we had kids. My husband and I would make baskets, literally baskets, laundry baskets full of everything from jelly to pot holders. And that's what we would give as our gifts. And those were some of the most intrinsically rewarding gifts to give. Yeah. Because people actually appreciated what you did. So I love that idea. And I mean, in our house, you can, if you want to make something out of a wine bottle, easy. I, I got it like, you know, good to go. And, and Pinterest has a lot of stuff like that. So look those up, are some great ideas. Yeah, look up wine corks. There are lots of things you can do with that, even jewelry. Really cool stuff. I love that. I love that. And I also love the idea of taking your kids shopping because working with Toys for Tots as much as I do, the mm-hmm. least bought for categories are three and under and nine and up, boys and girls. So really? when your kids heat, yeah, because that's when we stop taking our kids with us to the store to buy presents for toys for tots oh that's so because we do that my my girls save for money they earn throughout the year they save money for charity and then we go shopping and they buy stuff to donate so i'm glad to know the age categories to aim for yep there you go so oh my gosh so many great tips sandy thank you so much this has gone by so fast and but um thank you and i appreciate everything you had to say and check out sandy's show on TogiNet. it's called the heart-filled holidays radio show when we come back from our break we're going to be talking with beth below about how introverts can happily survive the holidays when we come back from this break Or pop-up window. Or close your iTunes player. Uh, oh, f- it. Parrot Nation, Tara Kennedy Klein needs a pee break. And then we'll be right back with more Parenting with a Twist. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. It's time to uncover the inspired team leader within you. Overcome the challenges of hidden agendas and miscommunications that create stress and a lack of productivity. 
project management expert Norm Prevost and connection expert Heather Hansen O'Neill will provide you with a consistent infusion of inspiration and team strategies. In addition, your hosts will invite knowledgeable leaders to inject different viewpoints, situations, and solutions for an all-encompassing perspective on achieving winning team performance. Spend one hour each Friday transforming your mindset and increasing your skills. The Inspired Team Leaders Show, your path to innovative ideas and action items you can implement today to create a more productive team and feel amazing in your role. The Inspired Team Leader Show, heard every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time on ABRN, the all-business radio network. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome back to the show. That was so great. Sandy Fowler, thank you for giving us such awesome tips and tools to use these hol- this holiday season. And um, our next guest, guest is Beth Below. And Beth is going to talk to us about um, something that I, as I mentioned, Kelly, that I struggle with terribly mm-hmm. with, my, with my youngest son, um, which is, you know, how do you handle an introvert at the holidays who literally does not want to leave the house? Like my kid absolutely doesn't want to leave the house. So Beth, are you there? I am. Thanks hey. for having me. <laughs> absolutely. How are you? I'm great this morning. How are you? I am doing well. I'm I'm getting ready. I'm getting amped up. I've had a lot of coffee because I have a lot of work to do before the snow comes. Um, yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I am going to have – we typically have about 30 people at my house for the holidays, um, be it Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. And there's always those people who I can literally feel their presence still out on the front porch when they walk through the front door. You know wow. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, geez, I just don't want to be here. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. And it takes them a good half hour at least to even accept the fact that, you know, they're amongst people. And then they start <laughs> to open up and talk. And it's so yeah. – it, I feel for them because my son, my youngest son, is exactly the same way. So how – how do we know if the person that we're dealing with is an introvert or if they truly just don't want to be around us? It's a good thing to make that distinction. <laughs> um, <laughs> if they're an introvert, you know, the definition of introvert is about where we gain and drain energy. So what you're witnessing is actually a really natural uh, manifestation of that definition because introverts gain energy through solitude, you know, through quiet and through lower stimulation environments. And we drain energy when we're in social interactions or higher stimulation environments. And, um, you know, 30 people at Thanksgiving in one house is um, definitely that interaction, high stimulation environment that can, uh, you know, definitely become, you know, be very, can be overwhelming. Um, to the typical introvert, especially, you know, as they're crossing the threshold. If they're coming into it already with a little bit of, you know, I don't want to be here energy, then that makes it a little bit more challenging. So there's, you know, I always 
think about there's equal responsibility between both the host and the guest to, you know, create a, a, a situation or an experience that's going to be satisfying for both. So what is the most important thing about dealing with these people? Because I know when we would go to my mother-in-law's house, they're a very high-energy family. And mm-hmm. like I said, Alex would literally sit in the car for 20 minutes and not even come into the house with us. And they became they would become visibly upset, and they'd be like, I'm going to go get him. I'm going out there, and I'm going to go get him, and I'm going to bring him in the house. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, please, just let him come in on his own time. And they just weren't – they didn't want to accept that at all. And now it's the same in my house – when someone who is more shy or timid comes into the house, it's like they want to break them out of their shell. So yeah. what's the best way to deal with those kinds of people? Well, I think part of it is exactly what you just said, is to give them space to do what they need to do. Like just accept and say, okay, you know, they might not even be shy or timid. It might just be that they need to have a transition between, you know, having been alone or having been in their own safe, you know, home environment. And this is true for adults and children. You know, children can have that same sort of um, uh, challenge in transitioning from, you know, in the safety of my own home and my own toys and my quiet, and then you're putting me into this, you know, chaotic environment. So I would say that it's it's important for the for the people who are wanting to bring them out of their shell to just recognize that being in that shell is a good thing for a little while. It's it's what's going to enable them to actually then come out of the shell at least for the time that they are interacting with people and being with family and friends. So part of it is just honoring that and and if it becomes something where it seems like they're upset or they want to they want to stay out there longer than what feels comfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, to to invite them in, to not guilt or shame, but to just say, you know, we would really love it if you came in and joined us. You know, we miss you. We want to hear about, you know, what's going on at work or what's going on at school. And, um, you know, Aunt Jane is asking about you. And so make it very welcoming and invitational. No guilt, no shame, no embarrassment. Um, you know, what? know what's wrong with you. And no assuming that they're depressed or upset or any of that, unless they're actually showing signs of that. Because it just might be that they, they need that space to kind of gather their, their resources, you know, the reserves, in order to come in and, and be with other people. It's true. I've seen that with so many people, um, even even not in a social gathering like this, but, you know, in the families that I work with, I can always tell even if I walk into someone else's space that's introverted, it's I can feel that I just me being there is draining their energy. It's like, okay, I get it. Let's just sit here for a second and have like casual conversation or or you could just sit over there and read that book until you decide to talk to me whatever works for you it's yeah, so just give them yeah. some warm-up time yeah i think that's the most important thing so what are um what are some of your top tips for helping people have an easier holiday if they are the introvert thing I think is to, you know, just recognize and honor that introverted tendency and to say, I know that this is going to be draining for me or it has the potential to be draining for me. And so I'm going to take care of myself and um, and I'm going to honor what I need. And generally, you know, I, I like to do a rule of thumb of, you know, two hours of downtime for every one hour of socializing. Uh, so make sure that, you know, maybe before and after 
um, you know, expending your energy with other people, but you have a chance to have some downtime and some solitude and, and just be able to take care of yourself. Um, and if you find yourself with found time, um, you know, cancel plans, uh, there's, a, there's a joke that goes, um, you know, you're an introvert if you get excited about cancel plans. Because, <laughs> 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 you, you know, you, you find some time. And so, especially during the holidays, it might be tempting to fill that time with your to-do list. And I would advocate for, as much as possible, not filling it with your to-do list, but to take advantage of that time and say, okay, so how can I, again, you know, take care of myself and recharge my batteries and take advantage of this, you know, opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and along those lines, you know, not just cancel plans is not just an opportunity to recharge, but also realizing you don't have to say yes to every invitation that comes across, you know, your doorstep. Um, you know, I'll be there in spirit can be an acceptable response, you know, just to, to weigh and say, you know, what's, what's most important for me to show up to? And, and where can I say yes to an invitation where I'm really feeling it with, you know, every fiber of my being that, you know, I want to be there. Um, right. You know, if we say yes out of guilt or obligation, that kind of increases the chances that it's going to be draining. And so it's it's important to be able to say yes from, you know, a good place of sincerity. And if you can't do that, then really question and say, okay, so do I really need to go? Is this really important? And if you decide it is, then say yes and do your best to be sincere about that, too. I think I love that so much, Beth. And I believe that that can be applied to everyone across the board. It's so funny because when you said, you know, you know you're an introvert because when you find time or when plans get canceled, you're happy about it. I know that I'm a mom because if, you know, plans get canceled, then I know that I forgot something, you know, that I was supposed to be doing. It's (laughs) because I've said yes to so many things. Mm -hmm. And I find myself being drained and stressed out at the holidays because I feel like I have to say yes to everything. And I'm, I'm the opposite of an introvert. Like I love being around people and I'm the first person to come up and say hi to a stranger at a party if I feel like they're, you know, being ignored or whatever. And Mm -hmm. so I, even so I find myself over scheduling myself to the point where things are no longer fun. Exactly, exactly. And and I think you're absolutely right in terms of like it's not just the introvert that can find this time of year stressful. The extrovert can as, can as well because they will say yes, you know, it's very exciting and in the moment it seems like yes, I have tons of energy and I would love to, you know, be at a party every night. And um, you know, to recognize that even extroverts need downtime. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, especially during the holidays when there's, you know, so much going on, it's important for the extrovert to recognize that if they really want to have a good time and be there, you know, mind, body, and spirit, they, um, it's important for them to, to be able to take care of themselves as well. I agree. I think that's awesome. And I, I am curious, though, <clears throat> as far as the parents are concerned, we all know that we as the adults have the ability to say no. I mean, I went through okay. a period where, you know, there were certain pl- houses that I didn't want to go to, but I didn't want to deny my family the experience with those people so that I would encourage them to go without me and know that that was okay. I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. 
you know, I'm, I'm okay not going and I want you to go sincerely. And so we went through that period. But what about when you're dealing with kids who sincerely don't want to go, but they don't have a choice? I would, you know, as the parents then or the caregivers, you know, it's then it becomes your responsibility to make sure that they're taking care of themselves and that you're watching for signals that they're hitting the wall or that they're, you know, restless, unhappy, about to have a meltdown. And, you know, recognize that. Maybe even talk to them in advance and say, you know, I I just want to prepare you. You know, we know that this is going to be a lot of people. And, you know, what are you... What do you want to, you know, get out of this? You know, it sounds kind of a mature question for a kid, but, you know, give them credit and say, you know, what would be what would be fun for you when we get to grandma's house or, you know, that sort of thing. And make sure they've got, you know, maybe their favorite toys or their favorite book, um, you know, something that if they needed to step away or even if they're just in the same room and sitting in the corner or whatever, they've got something to occupy themselves and, and, you know, when you get there, you know, scope out a space where they can go. You know, it might be a guest bedroom or a study or a den or something that if they need to, you know, if they're getting overstimulated and they need to step away from things that they can go to and be safe, you know, be able to close the door. Nobody's going to come and say, hey, get back here, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even tell, you know, other people if you need to not to draw attention to it because you don't want to embarrass the child. But, but just to say, you know, well, Johnny's, you know, down in the spare bedroom he's just taking a quick nap um you know don't have to over explain it or defend it or um you know make a big deal about it it's just you know if you do those things i think you know it shows the child that you are um seeing and hearing them that you're respecting them and what they need and that you care about their experience you know you're acknowledging i know you don't have a choice about being here so how can we make it as good as possible for you I love that. And I really want to reiterate that, too, because that's something that um, even with like small children, that Mm -hmm. even if they're not introverted, you know, overstimulation is so common. Mm -hmm. You know, they're eating things that they're not used to eating. And there's all of these people shoving things at them and, you know, getting them going and wanting to play with them every five minutes. So to be able to say to them, you know, if you get overwhelmed, you know that we can go to Nana's room or, you know, we can go and and remind them before they even get into that overstimulated space. This is the game plan. This is the this is the escape plan. If it starts to if you start to feel overwhelmed. And I also love um, taking taking things that are familiar to your child. Because so often we go to these places, we go to people's houses or whatever, and those people don't have kids or their kids have outgrown toys or their kids are, you know, aren't into the juice box phase or whatever. So being mindful of where you're going and being able to take those things with you that are going to make your child feel comfortable when you get there. So I, those are those are really important things. So... I love everything that you're that you're putting out there. Is there a way that we can get a hold of you? Do you have more tips or tools or somewhere that we can reach you and find out more information about you? 
Sure. Um, you can visit my website, which is uh, www.theintrovertentrepreneur.com. I have a blog and podcast and, and other ways that you can uh, connect with me. And then there's a pretty active community on Facebook, which is a great place to have, you know, to continue this kind of conversation. And I just posted something about, uh, you know, surviving the holidays. So that's at facebook.com backslash theintrovertentrepreneur. The introvert entrepreneur, and that's awesome. Do you, so you're you mostly deal with entrepreneurial, um, like people in the workplace and that sort of thing. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I would do love individual to do a coaching whole, and yeah. That's cool. I would love to do a whole party or a whole thing about office parties. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be kind of crazy? We only have like yeah. a minute until the end of the show. But another time, that would be because, oh, my gosh, that those are some of the funniest events mm-hmm. I've ever been to. And you can always tell the introvert because they're the person oh, yeah. that's like standing behind the punch bowl just watching everybody. I haven't figured out, though, if they're introverted or just creepy. But still, <laughs> it's it, it's the, you can always tell. And see, that's that's the problem with me, Beth, is I'm the one who feels compelled to go up to that person mm. and try to draw them out of their shell. So thanks to the information that you've given, I no longer feel compelled to bring them out of their shell because it's actually there for a reason. It's a very good space for them. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. So, and I would also encourage you to um, put up some, I'll put up some of the questions from Parent Nation on there for you. And then if you can come on and spend a little time answering questions, that would be awesome too. Sure. I will take a look. Thank you so much, Beth. This has been so fun and very informative. This whole show has been great. So Parent Nation, don't forget to join the conversation. If you agree, have a suggestion or a tip, come over to facebook.com slash parent nation. Until next week, everybody, gobble, gobble, keep playing. Tara Kennedy Klein. Want more real talk for real parents? Seriously, Parent Nation, not every decision in parenting has to contain a hidden message or a life lesson. Sometimes it just has to pass mom's little barometer of, is this going to shut them up? Connect with Tara online at TaraKennedyKlein.com. Until next time, remember this. Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling it the